720 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth. I'm here with you until noon, filling in. You know, I love holiday fill-ins because it's just kind of a, you know, you just go with it and you just go, I want to talk about anything I want. And the other thing I love doing on holiday time, holiday fill-in time, is you get to say, what happened this year? And so who did I bring in but Heather Sharon? She is the managing editor and City Hall reporter at The Daily Line. You know her, you've read her stuff. Hi, welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad you didn't get blown away on your way here. It's very windy outside. Oh my God, I was not prepared for it. At None all. of us are. There were flower pots blowing around my neighborhood this morning, so it's a free for all out there. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Okay, so when we are thinking, and now I can't, first of all, I can't believe it's almost December. Correct. It still feels like we're just getting into this year because it just flew on by. Yes, it did. That's a thing. But also, you know, this time of year, you kind of look back and go, okay, what happened this year? What are those big stories? And you've been super busy. This past year has been approximately the length of a decade give or take. Felt like a second yes. and also a decade at the same time. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, I think if we're looking local, I, I, we have to start with Lightfoot and the budget. That's right. Because that's been such a big topic since the minute she walked in the door is what is she going to do? And this is really sort of the end of the beginning of the Lightfoot administration. Mm. This, in addition to the teacher strike, was really sort of the, the sort of big challenges she faced when she walked into City Hall. And so we sort of know a little bit better what the city's financial outlook for the next year is. There are still a lot of unknowns, which is unusual for the day after the budget has been passed. Sure. And and so what, you know, for people who are not perhaps following it as closely as you are, you know, why, why is you that? You obsessed? Is right. that what you're saying? Obsessed and basically <laughs> yes. living at City Hall. Um, wh- why Why would you say that is? What's different about this administration in that way? So it so the city had an $838 million budget shortfall. And to put that in context, it is $200 million bigger than the deficit Rahm Emanuel faced when he took office. So this is a challenge of historic propo- proportions. And she's filling it not with the three usual options. So just like you or I in balancing our checkbook, we've really got three options. You can either make more money, cut spending or borrow money. Mm-hmm. And she's doing certainly all three of those things, but she's also refinancing $1.3 billion in city debt to save $210 million next year. Now, the city is going to count all those savings next year, but those savings won't actually materialize for more than a decade. So we're sort of banking you know, uh, savings before they actually materialize. And that is a bet that the stock market continues to rise and that we don't slide as an economy into a recession and interest rates get a little bit wonky. So that's a big gamble. The other thing is, is that the city is still waiting for approximately $163 million from the federal government to reimburse the city for ambulance rides for people who are poor and indigent and qualify for federal aid. So we had been told that that money would be coming by the end of November. Well, uh, here we are. Yeah. And so everybody yesterday was a little bit like, we're approving this budget, but maybe we're going to have to come back and figure out what to do if this doesn't materialize, because who has to sign off on this? Oh, the Trump administration, who is not maybe the biggest fan of Chicago political leadership, Sure, Donald Trump. So there's still a lot of questions. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that story pop up yesterday, okay, it's it's gotten the okay, like it cleared the thing. It's fine. 
it was such a short story. Every version of it, every outlet had a really short, like, here's what we know. Here's what we got. It was, and I knew, okay, some things, there still must be so much uh, that's up in the air. Well, then you should subscribe to the Daily Line. Exactly and right. we will, you know, break it all down for you. That's exactly right. And so what's interesting is there were 11 no votes. Two votes came from Alderman Ray Lopez and Alderman Anthony Beal, who are sort of the old guard part of the city council who have been really at loggerheads with Mayor Lightfoot since the day she was elected. Um, But the other nine votes came from the city council's progressive caucus. And mostly new members. Right. Eight of those votes came from rookies. Hmm. Um, and that is, I think, going to be really her big challenge for 2020 is how does she govern as a progressive? Because she says she's a progressive. She called this b- budget a progressive blueprint for 2020. How does she govern facing her strongest opposition from the city council's progressive caucus and not just progressives, but members of the Democratic Socialists of America who really want to turn the ship of Chicago to be sort of more inclusive? and to, you know, tax the wealthy and to provide more robust safety net services in terms of mental health care and affordable housing um, and to really change the way the police department operates. So these are big, you know, things that everybody's trying to do. These will be big things to navigate in the year ahead, for sure. So we'll we'll have to see that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of mentally making my list of what are the big things to watch in the year ahead. That's certainly one of them. You know, I think another one is as we're, um, you know, it's all time together of course so closely but um, Eddie Johnson's retirement what happens there in the year ahead of who's coming in what's happening what that's going to look like what the culture will be that that person sets so we know a little bit about what's going to happen after January 1st Charlie Beck the former Los Angeles Police Department chief will be the interim superintendent and he has said that he will carry on Eddie Johnson's legacy while overseeing the implementation of the consent decree and reforms and he has experiences in that in Los Angeles. What's interesting is that Nobody I talk to at City Hall is really taking his promise not to seek the job on a permanent basis at face value. Because why would you move to Chicago? Why would you do that? Right. So he says uh, his wife has put the kibosh on it. They're not moving (laughs) to Chicago. It's too cold. I imagine he would say it is too windy today. uh, And that they're going to launch a national search for a new superintendent. But it's not like you or I could be the next superintendent of police. It is a very small group of people who are qualified to lead such a huge organization facing such huge challenges. So that, I think, will really consume at least the first several months of 2020. Certainly. Certainly. I think also tied in with budget is a big part of the conversation that we've been having. Uh, Two two things that keep, uh, you know, as you look back through, I, I looked back through, what did I tweet this year? What were... What was on the news sites that I look at this year? The reporters that I follow, what did they write about this year? I was kind of looking back through all that. And the things that kept coming up again and again and again and again and again were about wage and about Uber. Yes. Over and over. And both of those so tied to budget as well. Yes. So uh, it is going to be more expensive to hop in an Uber or a Lyft downtown or to get downtown. Uh, The budget includes tripling of taxes on single rides to and from the downtown and near north side and the West Loop. And what we will have to see is whether that tax stands up in court. 
Uber is already suing Skokie, which has a similar sort of surcharge. And um, if that suit goes their way, I imagine you will see them sue the city on similar reasoning. Uh, what's interesting is that our mayor is a, as she said yesterday, a 30-year litigator. And she said to Uber, uh, if you think you've got a court case to make, uh, bring it on. Uh, mm. So uh, that's interesting. But for many years during the Emanuel administration, she said that Uber and Lyft were sort of allowed to run rampant and sort of clog the downtown with all of these cars. They would circle looking for their pickup and whatnot. So it will be interesting to see if as this tax goes into effect, at least in the early months, does congestion get better downtown or does it not really have any effect? So that's also, I think, will be a big story as yeah, well. Indeed. We're talking with Heather Sharon right now. She's the managing editor and city hall reporter at The Daily Line. You should subscribe to that. There's tons of information. At the very least, get the newsletter. You'll yes. learn a lot just from the newsletter. We're going to take a little break. and we come back, we're going to keep talking about the big stories of 2019 and the big stories that she'll be watching in 2020. Back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, it's Amy Guth with you until 12 o'clock noon. And then we turn it over to who's in? Who's happening? What's happening today at 12? I don't even know. I have no idea. The holiday schedule is always fascinating because you never know who's going to pop in the door after you. You're it's like, like a great who's surprise. here? It's like a Christmas gift every <laughs> Behind time you door number in. one is, oh, it's that person. Cool. Well, looking forward to talking with whoever is on at 12, yeah. that's for sure. In the meantime, we have Heather Sharon in the studio. She is the managing editor and city hall reporter at The Daily Line to which I hope you are subscribing and I hope you are getting the newsletters because it's full of great information every single day. Tons of good stuff. If you want to feel like you're up on all the knowledge, because it's a fire hose out there. It really is. Let's not lie. It yes. is a fire hose of information. If you like scroll through Twitter, you're like, well, I okay, I want to go back to bed. And this is a wonderfully curated, like, here's what you need to know. Not a lot of nonsense. Just here are the facts. Here's the stuff. So We I, are anti-nonsense at the Daily Line. I feel very confident in saying that. That's in your business card. Hi, I'm anti-nonsense. <laughs> I like that. Okay, well, we've been talking about the big stories of, of 2019, and of course, the big ones you're going to be watching in 2020. We started down the path of talking about about wage, which is one I know I've talked about that many times. To this day, one of the most uh, violent reactions I've ever gotten from listeners is I did a two-hour special about the wage gap. You'd wow. think I set the building on fire. <laughs> People were very uncomfortable talking about that topic. So it is no surprise that when uh, minimum wage gets discussed, especially when you start talking about tipped workers, sure, lots of feelings there, big time. So the mayor's budget means that the Chicago minimum wage will rise to $15 an hour by 2021. That is faster than anywhere else in the state of Illinois, which will have a $15 minimum wage in 2025. Uh, what the budget does doesn't include is an end to the tipped wage. And for those of you who sort of don't understand how it works, it's a little complicated. So if you are a server or somebody who gets tips, your employer can pay you right now $6.40 an hour. Now, they're required to ensure that the tips you get, get bring you up to the minimum wage, which is $13 an hour right now, so that you're not working for less than the minimum wage. However, um, Several aldermen, including Sophia King of the Fourth Ward and uh, Sue Sedlowski Garza of the Tenth Ward, wanted to end that minimum, that tipped minimum wage, and to basically require everybody to be paid fifteen dollars an hour by twenty twenty one, and then tips would be on top of that. That was 
vociferously opposed by the Restaurant Association, as well as Mayor Lightfoot and other aldermen who said it would really throw the whole system into chaos. Now, opponents of the tipped minimum wage say it invites harassment, it invites racism, and it really keeps people, and by people I mean mostly women of color, sort of mired in poverty. And there have been lots of studies that showed mm-hmm. that, you know, sure, there are bad actors out there. But if you know that you've got to sort of flirt and be nice, Make nice with the table. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I think all of us have worked in food service at some point. I've been in that position where you're like, oh, these people are drunk and they're obnoxious. They right. were drunk when they sat down. They were creepy or whatever is going on. You're like, but if I say, hey, don't do that. Don't talk that way. They're going to say, there goes your tip. And right. then you're making you know, at the time, you know, just a couple of dollars an hour. Right. So they really wanted to end that. That didn't happen. However, there is money in the budget for a feasibility study that would sort of seek to put some facts on the ground Mm. for people to sort of revisit this. Uh, But it was an interesting sort of microcosm debate over what actually is progressive. Progressive is one of those words that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And what Mayor Lightfoot said was progressive wasn't actually what other aldermen said was Mm. progressive. And what was interesting was that when uh, she got up to say she would vote for the budget, Sue Sedlowski-Garza, who's a member of the Chicago Teachers Union, she's a huge union supporter. Her dad was a labor icon in the steel mills or the, you know, the, and on the southwest side. And yep. she said, look, this this is a half a loaf. We're not getting everything we want. But I will happily eat this half a loaf because it's more than we have right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, I think... That's a powerful thing to say. It, yeah. it is just sort of a microcosm of the debate that I think is going to be facing the city. And we sort of struggled to figure out what does this post Rahm Emanuel new progressive Chicago look like? Yeah, it will be interesting. I think, um, you know, obviously when we look ahead to 2020, a lot is going to happen on January 1st. Here's this moment. We're talking about casinos. We're talking about cannabis legalizing it for recreational use. You know, I was talking with John Pletz from Cranes yesterday and he made a really excellent point because Cranes Forum is kind of taking this deep dive look at that of, you know, it's not just January 1st that we need to be looking at. We also need to be looking at May 1st when the new licenses are issued to see if that social equity applicant piece actually worked which right. is very interesting for 2020. Because right now, the only people who are going to be able to sell recreational marijuana on January 1st are the people who had licenses to sell medical marijuana. And by and large, those are large firms owned by white men. Yes. And that was explicitly not what state lawmakers wanted to happen when they created this bill. So there's a move among the Chicago City Council's Black Caucus to delay sale of marijuana in Chicago until July 1st because that equity piece just isn't in there yet. I don't think there's a real shot of them sort of making that happen in the next 40 days, less than 40 days. But it it gives you a sense of how angry a lot of people are that this is sort of starting out not where a lot of people want it to be in terms of benefiting black and brown Chicagoans who really suffered under the war on drugs and and were disproportionately impacted by um, prohibition, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's interesting that that word has resurfaced around this. You know, people have said, you know, even in the in the the road to to legalizing recreational marijuana the you know the word kept being we've shown it's it's been proven it's proven out that that prohibition doesn't work let's do something else which i think is so interesting to see that word make this resurgence especially here right yeah so it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. It'll be interesting. I agree with you. I don't think much will happen in 40 days to delay that. You know, we are starting off with a very uneven 
playing field. It's not going to be a level playing field. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's an interesting moment, right? Because we've seen a lot of things that were taboo for a long time shifting. We've seen, you know, this new attitude around sports wagering. We've seen recreational marijuana. We've seen this movement here and, and nationally even where attitudes are shifting around things that 10 years ago, no way could we have had those conversations. Absolutely. So it's really become sort of an accepted fact that this Chicago is going to have a casino at some point in 2020, 2021. Um, and that was really sort of a source of huge debate for many, many years. Mayor Rahm Emanuel opposed it. Uh, governor Pat Quinn, when he was in office, he also opposed it. Didn't go anywhere under former Governor Bruce Rauner. So it's really a new era where the city has sort of said, look, we need this revenue. This is a revenue source. Why not take advantage of it? Mm-hmm. And we're also going to see a big fight next year, uh, whether they're going to change the law that sort of sets up a Chicago casino, how it's taxed, whether it will be financially feasible. And then, of course, the $64 billion question is, where does it go? Does it go downtown? Does it go in the neighborhoods? Does it go on the south or the west side as an economic development uh, attempt? It, there's just a huge amount of unknown questions there. Yeah, it'll be, there's a lot. We got a lot to do in the <laughs> yes, year ahead. That's going to be a thing. I'm I, already exhausted. I know. I was going to say, I, I'm sorry that you got no rest in 2019 yes. because I don't think 2020 will be much better or more restful for you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Heather Sharon is the managing editor and city hall reporter at the Daily Line, which you should be following. Thank you so much for being with us today. I was thrilled to be here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy However Thanksgiving. you celebrate the day, I hope that you... Stuffing. I hope that a you have a day of off. Is what I do I have a day off. <laughs> I hope there is no news for you to have to deal with.